You guys ready to uh, be inspired by the Lord? I, I, I can't say by me, but by the Lord. And uh, today I am not going to give a sermon. All right. So I hope you're not disappointed by that. But I'm not going to give a sermon today. Today I'm going to give a talk. Uh, one of the things that I think that preachers fail at often is preaching to Christians and not preaching to humans. All right. So I'm not going to preach to Christians today. I'm just going to talk to humans. Is that okay? And the reason I say it's not a sermon is because it's not my normal. Normal, I, you know, I do what I did last week. I do 17 verses of Scripture. And I, I preach expositionally, which means to look at the text and pull God's truth and what He wants to say to His people from the text. And I love to preach like that. I don't love preaching topically, which means to look for a topic and topic and then cherry pick different scriptures and then try to put that together for a sermon. There's nothing wrong with that. On certain occasions, um, preaching calls for, for that. Uh, but today, I just thought, man, I want to have a talk with you guys because we're in this, we're in this sermon series on leadership. We, we've devoted the entire summer to leadership. In fact, we're, we're already praying and, and highly considering devoting next summer to leadership. This has been so powerful, watching you guys grow and your ability to be disciplers. You guys hear me? Not just being discipled, but taking responsibility for your fellow man, your fellow woman, your friends, your community, your city, and loving them into their purpose. Amen? How many of you know? We're all called to love people into their purpose. We're all called not just to be discipled, but we're all called to be disciplers. And as we are traversing our way through this sermon series on leadership, I felt urged, is the best way I think I could put it, to talk on the topic of influence. Okay? Influence. So I, I want to talk to you guys on the topic of influence today. Influence and influencers. Okay? So leadership is influence. Everybody say this with me. Leadership is influence. If you cannot influence, you cannot lead. And when you lead well, you influence well. Not in accordance with the plan that you have for somebody's life as a Christian, but in accordance with God's plan over someone's life. You're doing your best to pray for them and to discern what has God purposed my friend to accomplish, to live out, to do. And how can I serve them to walk in the fullness of their calling? That's what discipleship looks like. That's what healthy and effective leadership looks like. And you cannot lead in a healthy and effective way without influencing people. And so my goal today is to help you become more equipped to influence the world around you in an effective kingdom way. So if you're all in for that, say, I'm in. I'm in. Let's do it. So um, how many of you would say you follow dozens, if not hundreds, of influencers <laughs> online? Yeah. All right, four people, the rest of you are online. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. But if you have any social media apps on your phone. I'm sure that you follow a handful of influencers. And we live in a world today where a lot of people 
maybe better said, almost most people strive to increase, upgrade their influence, and to become an influencer. Now, I want you guys to know, being an influencer, I have friends that literally get paid to post on Instagram and to upload YouTube videos, and that is their job, right? Let me tell you something. It ain't easy. So when we look and we see people doing this as a career and we judge them thinking they don't work hard, those are some of the hardest working friends that I have, okay? So be careful when you get judgmental about how people are earning their income by making a living influencing you. You follow them. You buy their stuff, okay? So give them a break. They're definitely hardworking people, and this has now become a career. This has become a career path. To become an influencer has now become a desired career path. I want to show you guys a chart here that came out in 2017. It was a report in the UK that stated more than 75% of youngsters say they'd consider a career in online videos. More than 75%, that's three-fourths of our kids now see the career of being an influencer as being the primary desired occupation for their lives. Here was another statistic. One in five wished to start their own YouTube channel in a survey of 1,000 children. Here's what I want to be when I grow up. These are, these are um, elementary, middle school children being interviewed, being asked a question in 2017. So this research is a few years old now. I would think, actually, it's higher. Uh, YouTuber, 34%. A blogger or a vlogger, 18%. A musician or a singer, 16%. An actor, 15%. A filmmaker, 13%. A doctor or a nurse, 13%. A TV presenter, 12 An athlete, 11 a teacher, 11, a writer, 8, a lawyer, 6. Now, out of all of these, uh, you know, really 11 occupations, you've got lawyer, teacher, and doctor, which are the classic, professed, desired career paths for young people. Kids don't want to be doctors and teachers anymore. They want to be YouTubers and influencers. Now, I realize this may disgust you, okay? Because for a lot of boomers, it's very bothersome. These kids can't stand them. Don't, wouldn't know what to do with a hard day's work if it hit them in the face. I had to walk four miles in the snow, uphill both ways, just to get the milk and the bread. I get it. I had a grand-grand that told me the same thing. And, you know, whether you like it or not, Influence and influencer culture is here to stay. It isn't going anywhere. And so what we need to do as the church is to be made aware of this reality and discern how we might best serve, influence, and disciple the next generation through these platforms or at least be aware of the fact that they are engaging these platforms and God never called the sinner to go to the ch- go to church he called the church to go to the sinner so if you're waiting and hoping that these kids would get off of their rear ends stop being lazy and playing esports video games and come to church 
it ain't going to happen. So stop holding your breath, hoping that that's going to be the case. We live in a different generation. Therefore, the way that we lead, the way that we disciple and the way that we influence has got to be upgraded. It's got to change. I don't know if I'm doing a good job convincing you yet. Hopefully I'll get that opportunity before the end of the talk. Employers now Facebook stalk. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but even Forbes magazine says influence is the new job currency. If you got two people, one has a platform online, the other does not. They have the exact same set of skills. The resume is equally padded. Who does the employer go with? The one with the platform. Because influence is now considered to be a currency. Is this okay that we're doing this on a Sunday morning? Consider it a tool of evangelism, okay, that I'm sharing with you. I think if the Apostle Paul was alive, he'd be periscoping dead raisings. (laughs) He'd be Facebook living, you know, his four-hour sermons. He would be, all right, because if you see it rightly, you can discern and understand this is a resource, not an obstacle for the gospel. Okay? And so I have a dear, dear friend. His name is Steve Robertson. He's an informal overseer for me. And uh, he is the CEO of Julian Krinsky Camps and Programs. I have a quote from him. He actually partners with Haverford, Yale, and Villanova. They run a summer camp. If any of you are interested in sending your kids there, uh, it's amazing. Look it up. Julian Krinsky Camps and Programs. They, 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 uh, they minister. It's, it's, it's under the radar. But they partner with Yale and Haverford. They partner with Pennsylvania, uh, Pitt, all these, all these big universities, Ivy League schools. And then low-key, they're discipling these kids, the next generation. They had Spike Lee's son that came last summer. Uh, a few summers ago, they actually had a, a, a prince that uh, from the Middle East, his son or something came out. I hope I'm getting that right. Steve will probably watch this sermon, and I hope it's okay that I said Spike Lee's son came to the camp. But influence is the economy. Influence is the economy. You guys might think that that is a bit of an overstatement, but if I can get you to just look at the reality of where we are today, this is true. Is this throwing you guys off? So when it comes uh, to leadership, it's important that we understand the role that influence plays in leadership and in culture. Influence, one of the reasons why influence is so desired is because often influence equals upgrades. Uh, From time to time, and I don't know why, it's probably because of how gorgeous my wife is, we get mistaken for influencers. And it's amazing when it happens. (laughs) I, get, I don't know if it's because we're on Instagram and so they're like, they're probably doing a Yelp review. Send them free stuff. But it happens all the time and we chalk it up as the Lord. We're like, favor. We call it the fog, the favor of God. And we're like, we're walking in the fog, baby. It's true. We, we, went, we, we were on our anniversary, went to Chicago to dinner. And man, they were sending out so much free stuff. This one, I have my long hair too. So I, they definitely thought we were somebody way cooler than we are. And uh, they kept sending out free stuff. They were sending out, at the end, they sent out creme brulee. And they were just like, man, we, we were going to send a manager over to talk to you. And he came out, oh, you guys are from Nashville, huh? Music industry. 
was like, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> pastors, actually. You know, they're like, well, we thought you guys were in the music industry. I was like, thanks for the free stuff. <laughs> you know, and so it, it happens from time to time, but we just we chalk it up as, you know, it being favor. But I know that's one of the reasons why we, we watch other people, you know, on online. Where they're like blogger mail. You know, we're like, dude, I want to be an influencer because I want to get all that free stuff. You know, me too. And if you get it. I'll be happy as a recipient of your overflow. <laughs> From time to time, I have friends like, man, I got, got all this free stuff. You want it? Like Colton, his swag bag. You remember, he's not here today. He went to the CMAs or something. He's like, look what's in my swag bag. It's an Xbox One. He's like, you want it? And I was like, heck yeah. <laughs> Much to my wife's chagrin. <laughs> So when it comes to leadership, you know, I listened to a leadership podcast the other day and uh, they were saying influence is the currency of leadership. Now, what does that mean? What that means is, is that in our world now more than ever, those that have great influence have real power, which is the power to lead. And the great thing about the Internet is that it's given everyone the opportunity to influence. Now, the bad thing about the internet is it's given everyone the opportunity to influence. So it comes with a, with a cost, right? And so like it or not, influencers, listen to what I'm saying here, like it or not, influencers are the new leaders. It's, it's true. Influencers are the new leaders. Don't believe me? You know, look at our president. President Donald Trump, before he was our president, he was an influencer, and he still uses social media as his prime, for better or for worse, as his primary method of communication, right? Twitter. And so leadership is influence. Like, that is the name of the game today. John C. Maxwell, those of you guys who like leadership books, he said, true leadership cannot be awarded, appointed, or assigned. It comes only from influence. And that cannot be mandated. It must be earned. The only thing a title can buy you is a little time, either to increase your level of influence with others or undermine it. Isn't that good? And so influence equals the opportunity to lead, but does not make you a great leader. Now, this is on the inverse side. Just because somebody has a big following does not mean they have a big leadership gift. Therefore, we need to be very careful and we need to be mindful and we need to be prayerful by who is influencing us right because we can so easily scroll through our feed and be consistently more influenced by people stewarding a large follower count rather than scroll through our bible app you know not trying to roast anybody but look at that little app right screen time you guys get that little ping on sunday morning i do it's very convicting so I'm like, have I spent, I'm like, that's probably my Bible app. <laughs> JK, guys. I, I, I mean that. It's like, it's very convicting because so often we're more influenced by the world than, they are, than we are the gospel. Another quote from my friend Steve, he said this. He said, leadership is no longer about title, but about content. Leadership is no longer about title, but about content. At one time, big influence looked like presidents and dignitaries. Now it looks like this. I have another picture for you guys. So if you have kids, you know who this is. It's Ryan Toys Review. All right. 
on YouTube, he has 17 million subscribers. All right? And uh, my kids are obsessed with this kid right here, Ryan. Have you guys never come across this kid? If you haven't, I, I, you just don't get on YouTube because he basically owns YouTube, okay? <laughs> like, he is the man. He has his own show now on Nickelodeon. Take a walk through Walmart. He has his own line of toys. He has a section of toys. And it all started as a result of his mom getting out her cell phone and recording him reviewing toys. That's it. Your kids watch this, Chris? You don't let them? Hobby kids. That's it. I know. Hobby dad, hobby boy, hobby pig or something like that. Yep, I know. I know about them too. You hate it. See, it's... And here... Here's the thing. So Ryan affects the way my kids see the world. For you guys, the hobby kids, right? They affect the way your kids see the world, right? Uh, Ryan has influenced what my kids like to watch. Ryan has influenced the games that my kids like to play. Hashtag the floor is lava. If you go out with my kids, here's the guarantee. They're going to look at you and say, hey, floor is lava. Where'd they get that from? Ryan. Right? They love that game because of Ryan. Uh, Ryan has also affected the food that my kids want to eat. Ryan has probably sponsored by McDonald's. And every time you turn around, he is make-believe come through the drive-thru with his mom and dad so that they can award him a cheeseburger. And yesterday, uh, we're going to a jiu-jitsu comp- competition, my son and I. And he says, Dad, let's, I, I said, are you hungry? He said, Dad, let's go get some food. I said, that's great. We're going to go to Whole Foods. We're going to get us a smoothie. He said, no, I think McDonald's is better. That's what he said. He said, McDonald's, I think McDonald's, he said, I think McDonald's is better. I said, you think McDonald's is better? Why do you think McDonald's is better? He said, it's just so much more tasty. And, I, and I'm like, well, actually, you're probably not far off because Whole Foods, aka Whole Wallet, is very expensive, you know? And it's like, you know what I'm saying? And so like, I'm like, dude, like, you're probably right. Like, I like a cheeseburger from McDonald's as well, but it's not good for our bodies. That's what I said. I said, but it's not really good for our bodies. And he said, no. (laughs) Correcting me. He said, no. This is what he said. McDonald's is healthy and delicious. (laughs) That, yeah. Appreciate it, Ryan. Is healthy and delicious. Right? And I'm like, son, we're going to go to Whole Foods. And he got a watermelon and beet smoothie. And it probably wasn't as good as, you know, his six-piece nugget. But I can walk away from that thinking, you know, I did something good for my son, you know. And the thing is, is that what, for the lack of a better word, the reason I'm showing you guys this is because Ryan is discipling my kids. Now, he's not, he's not their primary discipler. We're their primary disciplers. Jesus is their primary disciplers. But the reality is that Ryan, this influencer, this little kid who's probably seven, eight years old, right? He is discipling my kid's worldview. He's discipling your kid's worldview. Whether you realize it or not, the people who come through in your feed, they are discipling you. In your worldview, their feelings, what they're communicating, the news networks that you subscribe to, all of these things are influencing and affecting the way that we see the world. Whoever has the most influence in your world is who's leading you. If you want to quickly discern who am I following, who has the most influence in your world? Is it Jesus 
or a YouTuber? Is it Jesus or an Instagram account that you follow closely, that you have their notifications turned on because, you know, you definitely don't ever want to miss a post? It's quiet in here. Is this too real? I'm not trying. So, I mean, but it's true, right? And pastors need to know this. Here's why pastors need to know this, because influencers are discipling God's people. It, I, you don't know how many conversations I've had with people sitting across the table from them and, this, and, and, and undoing, yes. meticulously undoing the, the teaching and the discipleship that's taken place in their mind and in their heart yeah. as a result of social media exposure. Right. Well, this person must be right because they have so many followers. And what this has also done, it's diminished for better or for worse, for those in my, you know, fraternity, if I could call it that, people who are pastors, it has diminished their ability to lead people who attend their churches because they're more effectively influenced and discipled by people who may not even go to church, may not even like Jesus, may not even have the same theological perspective as your local church. And, and that's okay. We should celebrate diverse perspectives. I'm not saying alienate people who don't look like you, think like you, vote like you, because we know that's a problem. But what I'm trying to say is, is that we have to be mindful of who is influencing God's people. Because, you know, because today we live in accordance to a different gospel. I mean, when I grew up, my parents, you know, it was like resist the prosperity gospel. You guys remember that, right? Resist the prosperity gospel, which basically said if you have a lot of money, you're really anointed. Right? If you're super wealthy, you're very favored. Our generation, you saw the statistics, we don't live in fear of the prosperity gospel. We live in accordance to the popularity gospel. Which basically says if you're really influential, you're really anointed. If you have a big follower count, you must have the favor of God upon your life. But I'm telling you, just because somebody has a K behind their follower count does not necessarily immediately qualify them to speak into your life. It's a very, this is a real talk, okay? Is it fine? It's a rated R talk. Right. And so I know that for a lot of people, friends, friends of mine, we've sat around the table and we've talked about this and we've personally disqualified ourselves on so many occasions of saying, man, we must not be crushing it in ministry because we don't have, you know, 100,000 followers. Right. And there's a lot of people in ministry that experience that so often. And instead of engaging with Influence instead of engaging with technology, they pull back from it. And, a, and, and my parents' generation and a lot of the, I say older crowd respectfully, are doing the same thing. They're rebelling against it, saying, I, I don't like this, therefore I won't engage in it. And in the process, our kids are moving in the opposite direction in the kingdom. And, and I mean, for the lack of a better word, they're moving in the direction of hell, right? Because we are not meeting them where they are and engaging them where they are and understanding that in order to disciple somebody, you have to have influence with them. Right? And you're not going to have any influence where you don't have any love. If you're expecting to have influence with somebody, you got you to have love for that person. You don't get to beat them over the head with the Bible thinking that their, their heart's going to be open to your perspective. Right? So... Just, just having a conversation on influence today. So, you know, like the podcast said, influence is the currency of leadership. And I, I do believe that's true. And if it is true, 
then how do we lead? How do we influence properly in a godly way? How do we influence without being influenced? All right, here, point one. I got a lot of points today. I don't know why I numbered these, point one. It's just, there's like, there's like 14, okay? But I'm moving through them quick. Number one, uh, influence is who you are, not just what you do. Now, I want you to consider the person that has influenced you the most, that had nothing to do with their title. It had everything to do with their character. Influence is who you are. It is not what you do. And that's why we have a lot of people. And, and I'm, I'm, guys, I'm, I'm saying this. I'm not stereotyping and I'm not taking shots at people. I'm speaking from my friends. Or these are my, my friends. The guy who's going to speak for us next week, T, I don't know how many. He's 300,000 followers on Instagram. He's a, he's a famous person in Brazil, right? He's awesome. You guys got to come. You got to bring a friend, right? And so, but I, I'm saying this from, from personal experience is that uh, people get so caught up in becoming the persona that they feel that they must be in order to attract attention because their soul is hungry for, for affection. And then what happens is when they get older, they realize they've been acting in a screenplay, a persona to try to attract attention. And they realize, man, I wasn't being my true self. What I want to encourage you guys to do is, is in all realms that you have influence, including your, including your online realm of influence, is to be yourself. Be who God has fashioned you to be. Live in accordance with your purpose, even online. Let me give you a little quotable, and I think it'll go a long way with everybody in here that uses social media. Post from your purpose. Post from your purpose. Don't be somebody else you know, for the sake of becoming a persona to get attention. You know, you're, you're never going to have your needs met acting. Right? Because how can your true self be ministered to when you don't show your true self to anybody? Right? People will try to meet your needs. They'll try to, they'll try to speak into your life. They'll try to help you. But you'll never be touched on the core because you've never been vulnerable with who you really are. It's important. It's important. Influence is who you are, not just what you do. Uh, most of our influence will occur because of the kind of people we become. Therefore, as we strive to be godly influencers, we must a- understand who we are. Look at 1 Timothy 4 and 16. It says, pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. This is Paul talking to Timothy. In modern words, how about this? Pay close attention to yourself and what you post. Somebody's watching. 1 Timothy 4 and 16 English Standard says, Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Let me tell you, let me tell you something very important, guys. Take responsibility for those you are influencing. Yes. Yes. Take responsibility. You are influencing people, okay? In your life, online, you're influencing people. Take responsibility for the people who are interacting with your content. Let me ask you this. When somebody interacts with you in person or online, who has that person become? Are they better? Are they more on fire for Jesus? Are they, are they happier? Are they more devoted to their spouse? Do they, do they love their kids better? Like who are you got to just take some responsibility. Some of you guys, some of you guys have different careers in here. Okay. I know a lot of you guys, Instagram is different than just the average, you know, 
social media user. Uh, but I want to encourage you, like, if you're an influencer, take responsibility for the people who you're influencing. It, maybe it's just you're dropping little hints. You're dropping little things in your stories. You're doing something that moves people towards love, moves people toward a greater, more fulfilled life. Even if you're in a profession where you can't be, you know, preaching Jesus all the time, do it covertly. Do it undercover. Do it in the DMs. All right. Here's point two. Influence is a choice, not a chance. All right. Choice, not chance, determines our leadership. Right choices and positive corresponding actions will enhance our ability to influence others. We are the sum total, good or bad, of the choices that we make because decisions dictate actions. And I want to give you guys just a short list as kind of some sub-points here uh, in regards to how to influence by choice, how to influence intentionally. So uh, next slide here, I give three quick points. Influence through consistency, influence through attractive spirituality, and influence through dynamic hope. Just to break those down real quick, we may not be perfect in our leadership, but we can be consistent. Consistency in our conduct and our decision-making inspires those that we lead to confidence. They know that we teach what we are and we are what we teach. So what we're doing here by being consistent is we're embodying godly character. And we're showing, hey, look, God's nature is flowing through my life. And I'm consistently doing that. I'm discipling you intentionally. Even if you live in a different country, but you're watching my stuff, I'm discipling you, I'm pouring into you, and you're moving towards uh, godly character. When we show ourselves dependable, we increase in our credibility, and confidence and credibility will positively influence those that we lead. Point two, influence through attractive spirituality. Don't allow your spirituality to be dependent upon your circumstance or the crowd. Follow God because it's the right thing to do, not because it's convenient or because it's popular. Serve God in public with great gladness. If you are serving God with a, a sour attitude and you're always sad and you're always bummed and you're always complaining and you've always got something bad to say about other people, you have to ask yourself, who wants to be like you? Because Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy. That's what it said. Far above his community. That means that Jesus was the life of the party, which has me thinking that if Jesus had Facebook, he would post very happy, very joyful, very truthful, very real, very honest things. But his demeanor and his spirituality would consistently be attractive. You'd say, man, who's that father he keeps talking about? Who's that God that he's following? I want to hear about that person's religion. You guys with me? Having attractive spirituality helps us grow in our influence. See, influence through dynamic hope. Guys, people are on the lookout for hope. Let me tell you guys something. Nobody Googles a church because everything's going good for them in their life. You know what I think I'm going to do today? I'm going to go to church. Things are so good. My log, I'm on, I'm on top of the world. Loving life. No problems. I'm going to go to church. Very few people... Come to that conclusion, okay? Most people Google a church because they're hurting, because they're in pain, because they're lost, they're sad, they're confused. They don't know where to turn or what to do. 
So we as leaders, as disciples, as Christian people who steward influence well, right? We influence through dynamic hope. When the, when the world has bad things to say and, you know, everybody's down and, and, and everybody's being hateful and mean, we come through and we bring hope and we bring life and we bring potential in the midst of problems. And we, we, we preach Jesus in the, in the midst of, of despair. And we influence people in a good way. This is the last part of the talk, okay? From influenced to influencer. In a recent documentary that my friend Steve told me about, a study was shared that all of Gen Z say that social media is toxic, but they are on it. Just about all of Gen Z say social media is toxic for me, but I'm on it. This is why we have the rise of, of uh, mutila- self-mutilation, cutting uh, people in their rooms. <clears throat> and we think as parents, oh, they're safe. They're in their room on their phone. They're actually in the most dangerous position because they're isolated. They don't have community. They're not able to grow in their self-awareness. Their growth is stunted and they're there watching somebody influencing them appear. Guys, young kids, they don't look to leaders to be influenced like we did. They look to their peers. What's my friends doing? What are my friends posting? What are they doing? What, how do they feel about this topic? How do they, they, it ain't like it used to. That's a good Kentucky term. It ain't like it used to. They're, they're, they're not going to read. They're not going to Amazon to buy a book from the thought leader in this particular field to figure out how to shape their worldview. They're going on Instagram looking at their classmates. Thomas, you're a teacher. You know this is true, right? And they say, look, it's toxic, but I'm on it anyway. I have to engage with it because it's just what we do in, our today, in today's society. We're being massively influenced by social media to live our lives in such a way that God has not called us to live. So I want to ask you today, who are you becoming by the feed that you follow? Who are you becoming? I want you to take real stock of this. Who are you becoming as a result of the people that are influencing you? I'm not talking about just in the feed. I'm talking about in real life. Whoever is influencing you, who are you becoming? I want you to take a serious consideration on that. Who is influencing me and who am I becoming as a result? Are you becoming more like Jesus? Or somebody else? Or something else? Or are you demanding that Jesus be transformed more into your image? then you be transformed into His. All right, three final things, and uh, we'll pray. These will be very quick. If, if, if you have taken that serious consideration, and you're like, yep, I need to make a change. I'm going to give you guys three things real quick. Take some time away for reflection. We've seen this happen and time and time again, and I want to encourage you to do it. Hey, look, social media ain't going nowhere. If people unfollow you, don't worry. People unfollow Jesus all the time. <laughs> Take a break. If you need to clear your head, get your mind get your mind right when it comes to this stuff. If you're obsessed, you're addicted. You know, did you did you guys know this that notifications? This is this is uh, biological, and we need to bring Steve in sometime and have him talk about this. He's an expert in this space. He writes for Forbes magazine. He runs these camps for Gen Z, Gen Alpha. He's considered to be a social media expert. He's awesome. That that biologically, the endorphins and the what what else is it called? The dopamine released as a result of notifications is, is more addictive than cocaine. Yeah. 
And, and, and you know, we're addicted to it. I don't know how this talk is really going over because everybody's like, not, not me. I mean, we're in church. We're Christians. Yeah. You know. We're literally addicted to it. If you don't believe me, leave your phone on the kitchen table when you go out with your friends. I'm sweaty. My hands are shaking. Can you take a picture of my food and text it to me? I'm going to need to post this later. You know? <laughs> right? It's true. It's true. And, you know, we don't, we don't consider it this, but it's an idol. Because it gets in front of Jesus. If you, don't, if you don't try to... So do a devotional with your phone present. Do a devotional with your phone present. What do, you know, where does your attention go? It, it, it usually ain't the scripture. <laughs> oh, ding. Whoop. Whoa. I'm excited. Somebody loves me. <laughs> Y'all, it's true. And we, we, we come to church and we pretend, oh, it's not true. It's We're fine. It's, it's become an idol for us, and we need to understand how to use it positively as a tool and as a resource. And if you need to take a break from social media, consider this. Your handwritten, this is your handwritten permission slip. Take a little break. I've been doing this. I've been, t- I've been taking a little break. Last like month or so, I've just been taking a little break. I'm there, kind of there, kind of not. You know, I'm not going to let fear determine how I engage with the tool that God's used me, given me, to, uh, wants to use to bless other people. Uh, share and not read. One-way communication, meaning if you have a platform, you need to share stuff. Look, share, post it, schedule it. Don't read the comments. And I know, like, Franklin's probably, like, cringing on the inside. He's like, you got to engage with the comments. He, this, he, this is what he does. He's a, he's a professional. But it, it, just in a godly way, not in a professional way, let him correct what I've said today with you if you know him. But just if that's what you need to practice, like, just share and don't read it. If, if, the com- if you live and die by the comments, just share it, automate it, don't read it if you need to. And then lastly, pursue a place in prayer where it no longer affects you, meaning divine immunity. And this is, a, this is because of a conversation I was having with Steve, and he was saying, you know what we need to do as revivalists, as people who carry the fire of God, as people who really truly want to see reformation and transformation in society, we've got to come to a place of divine immunity when it comes to how we engage with technology. We bring influence, but we're not influenced. Because it doesn't matter who likes, comments, posts, subscribes it doesn't matter because we're not living in accordance to any of those things we're living in accordance to purpose and so we have divine immunity as we enter into these spaces and we say it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what you do it doesn't matter what you say it doesn't affect me i'm here on purpose i'm here on mission i'm here because god called me not because i'm looking for entertainment from you yeah awesome let's stand up so i I know this is a different talk today guys but listen we've got to pray for our, our kids We've got to make war in the spirit for our kids because our kids are being exposed to more information than ever before. You know, they're, they're being influenced. They're being discipled. If you're a parent in here, I don't want you to sweep this, this message under the rug and say, ah, no big deal. Take greater responsibility for the kids that you have around you. If they're your kids, if they're, if they're your kids' kids, no, notice, look, they need your influence. 
All right, but if you're going to influence them, you cannot expect that they would jump through the generational hoops to just get on your level because you're grandpappy. You've got to go down, get on the floor, learn how to use YouTube, and say, let's watch Ryan together. Oh, you like making videos? Let's do a Nerf war. And we'll film it with your friends, and then I'll edit it for you, and you can post it. You got to get in their space, man. You cannot just sit back in the in the chair and say, "Well, they, they should come up to me. I'm, I'm I lived this life. I, I I deserve it. They better respect me." Well, good luck. Influence the next generation. Love on them. Disciple them. You got to go to where they are. Don't expect they come up to you. We all on the same page. As they say in Mozambique, estamos juntos. And everybody says, "See." Sí. <laughs> which means we're together yeah. amen well Lord right now we pray for our kids yes. we pray over our kiddos Lord would you wreck our hearts for the kids wreck our hearts for the kids downstairs yes. all these precious babies that we have the responsibility of caring for and discipling and pouring into Lord let us understand how to use the tools of today in a way that would allow for glory to come to you Jesus yes. Lord we pray over ourselves Lord, may we take a real serious reflection today uh, on how we're being led because we're all called to be leaders in here, guys. We're all called to be leaders. And so right now in Jesus' name, Lord, would you highlight any area of our lives where we're being influenced in a way that's not kingdom, that's taking us in a direction that's not Jesus, that's taking us in a direction that's not our purpose. It's so easy to be blinded and move in a direction that is not our purpose, but God, we don't want to live decades and then wake up one day and say, man, I've been living in accordance to somebody else's purpose for my life. I want to live in accordance to the purpose you have for my life. Lord, we thank you for that today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen.